Hi hi. I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Kennedy Sung. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the, the SG Boys. Boys, the new gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. Okay, so this week was really interesting because uh, Sam, Joe, and Josh, right, they had a conversation with The Harmonics, hey. which is a LGBTQ plus all-inclusive choir from Hong Kong. Yes. They're awesome. They're so sweet. Yeah. You know how I love Hong Kong? HK and I, and on top boy. Of, yeah, HK boy. <laughs> and on top of that, they're like an LGBTQ choir. How amazing is that? Yeah. Oh, I brought a clip. I'm quite shocked. <gasps> You're shocked? They're yeah. Amazing, aren't they? No, it's really good. No, I think because I was going to expect a um, glorious sound of 27 syllables. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, well, before we play you the interview that we did, I was actually in the choir growing up, you know. So choir is always very special for me. The The first time I learned how to sing, it was in the church choir, and then I joined my secondary school choir. Were you guys ever in the choir? No, but I wish I was. You know, I grew up wanting to join the choir, but I was in an all-boys school. There was some sort of, like, stigma attached to, like, certain CCAs, like, oh, choir sure. and, like, drama. Dance. So even though I was interested in, like, you know, acting and, like, singing, I kind of, like, decided to repress that creative side of me, oh. and I, was, I ended up in a uniform group instead. Where I went on to like put up place for them anyway, regardless, because you can't keep you can't <laughs> keep Sam Joe down. You can't keep me down. It yeah. will find its way. I mean, it breaks yeah. my heart to hear that. For anyone who's been listening to our episode two on the podcast, you have just a little taste of just how iridescent uh, Sam Joe's electricity is. You know yeah. what, what courses through your veins, and to think that you had to suppress that. By the time I got to junior college, I was like, no, I'm going to do drama. And I acted in a few plays and it was amazing. And uh, I went to college and I joined an acapella group, uh, even though I didn't know how to read any music, but they were so like, you know, welcoming and all encompassing. One of the best times. Shout out to my Ninth Street hooligan homies. Hey, shout out, shout out. Wait, so just to, to pen this down, you were, this is, we're talking secondary school? No, we're talking, uh, acapella group was in college. Right. So and then before that, uh, uniform group, right? So were you? That was secondary school. Yeah. What? Can I not say my CCA? <laughs> She was Red Cross. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with Red Cross? But okay, you know what? Fine. I mean, I know first aid, right? If one of you should collapse in yeah. front of me, I can do CPR on you. Very important life skill. Yeah, but it wasn't the most like prestigious of CCAs. Um, and looking back, there was actually a lot of like um, regimentation even back then. Mm. Like you know, they would make you like knock it down and do push-ups. There was a very it was I did, run yeah. like an army. I did too as well. Yeah, all the uniform groups were like uh, that. Because right? mine was a cross lah. I was in military band. Right. So Ooh. it was as much as it was military. It was also, as in, we're in a military band, but we're not a marching band. You know, we don't march and play music. It's we're still very much um there for the good music, but the military just came with it. I was in a boys' school as well, so uh, I totally relate to what Sam Joe was saying about the stigma. And I guess in military band, it's not as stigmatized because it's still like military. You know, it's still kind of just the regimentation. Mm. Yeah, but choir and drama was very stigmatized in my school. But that's not the reason why I didn't join it. Oh, why? <laughs> yeah, uh, because I had the crushing realization. That I am not a tenor. <gasps> oh, yes. It's true. I didn't join choir because I knew that I would never get the lead role. I would never get solos. Right. Most of the best like singing male roles are all written for tenors. Tenor. It's and so, so unfair. 
I, after I joined band in secondary school, I managed to hit my first chair clarinet, that kind, and I always got the solo. So I just thought like it's somewhere I could excel. No, right? that's fine. And in my school, yeah. um, the band was always the one getting the gold with honors for SYF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the other the other CCAs were like gold, silver, and I I just wanted to be the best of the you best. Wanted, yeah, you wanted to be cream <laughs> of the crop. Yeah, it all worked out because in the end, I went on to do O level music and then A level music. I like playing the clarinet as you play the clarinet, and I'm really glad that I see like people like the harmonics outside of school and like they all volunteer and they go because in my own life in Singapore I also go for like playing community bands where people are working adults they're students and so I'm, I'm really glad that we got to uh, link up with a group like that How about you Josh? What was your experience with choir? Ugh. Was it also traumatic? It was actually I mean okay <laughs> <laughs> What it means like, was it also traumatic like your MDC experience? <gasps> First of all bitch to be fair, I'm not. I hope that you're not referring to trauma, as in like me discovering I'm not a tenor, hence not a diva. Like, <laughs> so how was your choir experience? I went to a neighborhood school in Bukit Panjang, and they were known for its rugby team. And I was. A- I can guarantee you, they were not known for their rugby team. I'm from St Andrews. Cut this out, please. Okay. <laughs> Can I please keep it in? It's so funny. Okay, keep it, keep it, yeah. Okay. I I just hope the Panjangians won't come for me. (laughs) I mean, they looked at me and they thought, wow, this one, confirm, go rugby, put him in there. I'm like, um, hi, I'm Josh. Obviously, I didn't fit in. I wanted to join the choir because that's what I did in church. And I wanted to do dance because during that time, it was the world of honey, you got served, step up. Like, I wanted... Honey, like Jessica Elba, honey. Save the last dance. Wow. All of that, you know? And, And I grew up watching the... Michael Jackson, Jenna Jackson, and Britney. Mm-hmm. This was during the overprotected break it down era. Yeah. I'm a slave for you. And I was like, I want to be part of a dance group. And unfortunately, we only did ballet, but I was still like, okay, never mind. I still want to be part of it. I can be Billy Elliot. Just tweak the fantasy a little bit. Totally works. And I joined the choir, and the rugby boys were really angry that I quit. So whenever we would have like recess time, remember 10 15, the rugby boys would always congregate at the entrance of the canteen. And there was one point, where they found me and then they choked me with my school tie and then I performed uh, on stage and when I went up they laughed at me and and it's <gasps> I think it's a mob mentality I don't think the because in my head and what I heard echoing through the halls was the entire school booing no. but I think what happened was the boys started booing and then everyone just jumped on and started booing and right. I was the one guy in dance that one guy in choir I mean thankfully other guys also joined the choir but even then I was in alto and alto is not even for it's not a male part traditionally right? it's it for females traditionally it's soprano and alto because most of the choir members were all female so there was only a few guys so they didn't create male parts or roles they just said oh Josh you're gonna sing in the alto with the girls and right. I mean I still enjoyed it I, I'm very happy that I joined the choir because I think just like Kennedy I wanted to be the star as well I wanted to be the star in the school musical and all that you know And mm-hmm. so uh, was the star here no, just <laughs> kidding <laughs> no but like choir reminds you that we are a star you know, we come in together. I watch movies like Sister Act. You know, at the end, they all have their solos. Yes. yes. Oh, you're right. I thought being in the choir means all of us will get separate solos, but it's not mm. the case. You no, know, we have maybe to in a show choir, show. but not at least the choir that we in most Singapore schools have. Sister Act was actually quite formative for me also. I remember renting the LD <gasps> laser yeah. disc with my family and we would watch it together. It's like family movie nights. 
And I just really wanted to be that Lauren Hill character in you know, part two. Act, yeah. uh, back in the habit. Yeah. Where she went. Joyful, joyful. Lord, Lord we adore I think thee. you guys will be happy to know and pleased to know that actually I understand the reference. So Thank good. You. I didn't watch it, but I listened to the music. I liked the music. Um, and I was in band in primary school. And actually, I played I Will Follow Him when I was in primary three. Oh, the band, so the awesome. band arrangement. Because yeah. my um my conductor is um he's quite a sucker for these things. Like we'll play like all the oldies and stuff. It's like it's a way to get the, your parents to come down because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I know that song, you know, and this, I guess it's also a way to sell tickets. La. Also, I just got to put this out there that uh, one of the, the first people that I got to know who's gay were my teachers in the arts, in dance, in choir. You knew something was up when my, my uh, choir teacher was like, we're going to do the name on everybody's, everybody's lips is going to be Roxy. You know? Oh, oh. So, you know, I was like, so sorry, we, the tune was a bit, oh, yeah. oh off like yeah the yes. name on everybody's lips is gonna be Roxy we, we weren't looking for you to continue we're gonna continue oh. the conversation <laughs> and Sophie Tucker will shit I know huh? to see her name get built below. below oh there's the Foxy, musical version Foxy Foxy Heart oh wait Foxy Roxy oh, uh, Foxy Roxy Heart oh I thought yes. Roxy Roxy no it's uh, <laughs> Foxy Roxy Heart Ladies and gentlemen, and this is going to be the most vulgar, like the most crass way possible. Welcome to the SG Boys musical. And then when I went to Poly, after all the bullying and all that, I just went crazy. I was like, I signed up for like I think six or seven different CCAs when I was in school. Oh my god, you're that kind of people. You're in NPR. I was in Neon. Oh my god, were you were you doing the the red cam all that kind of shit? I was in FMSS, which is the FMS attention horse. Just kidding. No, I, everyone is cool. Everyone. Oh my god, this is the one that I will really get cancelled. FMS is known to have like That's Sonia Chiu, Pretty Please, Joshua yeah. Simon. Thank you so much, oh. frankly. Yeah, a lot of the media personalities are from FMS. Luminaries. Yeah. So I was in the film, FMS, so Film Media Studies, Society, Film Media Studies Ambassador. So that's two right. CCAs. I was in Campus Crusade. So I would sing for worship and praise. As a Christian society, I was in Radio Heatwave, which is how I got my start in radio. We got a heatwave burning in my heart. Speaking of which. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh. Heatwave. There's an intro for the yeah, movie. Yeah. I was also in SG New Wave, which was a CCA I helped start. It's a film society. So what I would do is I would screen movies in our theater in school and, and like people would come by and watch a movie. But I was also kind of known for playing a lot of R21 movies. I was going to ask Blue so Films. I was just like Kill Bill, Pop Fiction. It's not like super pornographic so, or anything. Right. What was the name of this? CCA? SG what? SG New Wave. SG New Wave, SG Boys. <sighs> yeah. Gosh. No, it's because there was a... Because I studied film and there was the French New Wave. Oh, you were in French the film... Films. You were in more film. Uh. I studied film. Or oh, not really the media side. Uh. I didn't study mass comm. Oh, okay. I would get that even when I was in school. I was like, oh, Josh is definitely in mass comm or mass comm wannabe because he's so active. And the, the assumption was that if you join film or you study visual design, like animation you're just going to be a hermit but I was like running around and like wreaking havoc you know and they just assume that just because you're fun and loud that you're in mass comm I didn't know FMS is so big as in I I knew about mass comm and into this at PR and then I found out my friend was from VFX it's like really really big I no I just wanted to say your story Josh about Mm. like you being quiet and people booing you and all that that's so sad yeah and by having been in the rugby team before that reminds me of Glee Right, the when slushies. The, yeah, when oh when, no, when the 100%. players. Oh, like, Finn, you know, rest in peace. When Finn yeah. and like uh, Park, when they eventually join um Glee for the first time, then their fellow football players were kind of like making fun of them and laughing at them. But in the end, 
Glee along with Sister Act and all these other shows, right? Kind of show that it's okay to get in touch with your creative side. I really think that show helped to destigmatize a lot of things when it comes to the arts. Absolutely. Like, really, yes. like, you know, when Glee and Tumblr had this meteoric rise and people like realized, hey, you know, actually there's nothing uncool about being creative. And I hope it is like that for the younger generation. From what I've heard stories from my juniors, um, yeah, I think it's it's really changing. It's not really seen as a a thing anymore. Yeah, I remember the first season of Glee, you know, when the football team, one by one, they had to join uh, Glee, seeing them actually, hey, I actually kind of enjoy this, you know, and then they start standing up for the Glee members and protecting them, then imagine the faces of the people that would bully me. You know, and, and the strange thing is, I mean, I don't have any anger towards them. I've actually ran into a bunch of them through the years. Life does that to you. You yeah. know, as much as you try to run away from someone, they always like wind you back, right? Mm-hmm. One of them went to fashion school. One one of those big guys who used to bully me and make fun of me and they would call me Bapo, which is sort of the, the Malay kind of... So Bapo is like um, uh, a Malay term, right? Uh, it's a derogatory slur against, um, I think, several identities across the LGBT spectrum. But um, me and Josh, we heard it as, as gay men, uh, gay boys. Mm-hmm. People called you that as well. Yeah, um, mine was very multiracial. <laughs> uh, Chao Aqua, uh, Bapo, um, Faggot. I'm not sure if we're going to say that. Um, no, but fine. then also... Um, Gunyang. Gunyang. Then also, oh, someone, wow, Chinese is very good. Yao Jing, which means uh, demon spirit. No yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've heard everything. La. Yeah. And the part yeah. that, like, just annoys me is that, like, when I was in secondary school, I wasn't even thinking about my sexuality. Yeah. You know, like, I was always yeah. called gay just because I like drama, just because I like to sing. I was told I was bapo. Even before I knew anything, like, I was just trying to get through school and join my CCAs and enjoy dance and all that. And, yes. and I was immediately, like, my sexuality came up, you know? So that was really frustrating back then. But, I mean, I don't hold any... I mean, kids are mean. Not that I'm making any excuses for them, you know, but mm-hmm. I'm just I'm just glad that I stuck it out and I'm still here. Yeah. So, last night, the person who invited me to talk at National Youth Council, like, the, the best thing, I think, the whole full comfort moment right it's actually he's someone who used to call me names huh and now he feels like he apologized for it he really mm-hmm. apologized properly and he was like you know what like um we can't publicize the LGBT thing as much as you like to promote with National Youth Council but I hope in some small ways like um this gives you a platform even though it's a very grassroots thing yeah I know what you mean totally by the whole yes I, I forgive but I never forget but at the same time I think it's more positive and more productive so called to focus how you can take all those experiences and turn it into something beautiful I mean, back to CCA, is really, I think I was being bullied so much and CCA was always an escape. And that's why I think I always wanted to be in a place that I excel mm. because it always meant that I always had achievement close to my heart. Whenever I had issues like feeling not validated, going up, performing a solo, being great at the clarinet, you know, all these things really mattered so much for me. To see that people want to continue this kind of magic and spark in their adult life with community groups such as The Harmonics, uh, it's really beautiful and encouraging to me. Each of us, we, we go through different things every single day. And, and whenever I listen back to our podcast, you know, like I feel like there's some magic there. And that was what it was like for the choir for me in school, because whatever my stresses were in class, whether I failed math again or they're making me do Chinese B because I can never get a good grade for my Chinese. The moment we start singing and then you hear the sound of the choir, the different harmonies, mm. it's some next level ethereal shit that happens. And then you just feel so calm and at peace. So I just can't even imagine what the members of the harmonics must feel going into practice every day and how the year has been for them to continue to practice over Zoom. Yeah, so on a note, here are some highlights from our little chat with The Harmonics. Harmonics was actually started via a LGBTQ outdoor workout group called Out in Hong Kong. 
and they were just a group who were kind of just going out hiking every weekend and it was sort of a place for LGBTQ folks to get active and connect with each other in a healthy way and then they were also thinking hey can we perhaps like start a group to sing together and uh, one of those people in the group is our founder Matthew Gillespie and he's still our music director right now got together and they were about eight to ten people to start with and they were just singing for fun until I think in 2015 they actually performed for AIDS concern in Hong Kong and then they realized that wow there's actually power in what we're doing so why don't we actually make this an official thing where we can not only gather just for us but for a cause for voicing the community itself and providing not just visibility but support for other minority groups. So that's kind of how it started. And then since then, I think we've had about how many concerts? Maybe three bigger concerts and various small performances and gigs. Was it three, Jack? Is that what you're signaling? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's like... Three and a half. <laughs> three big ones and then like a small one. There was definitely a point where you were kind of faced with, okay, this is growing. This could be a thing. How did you then grow the choir to finding a place to practice, the right time for everyone, everyone's different schedules and and getting everyone involved, just expanding the horizon? For the first year of the choir was kind of just organic growth. It was exactly that, like people that knew each other told them, hey, I found this gay choir. Do you want to come and come along and see how the rehearsals are? I think there was a gap in kind of the social circle at that point where something like ours didn't quite exist in the uh, LGBT community. So people started volunteering their services. Like we had pianists coming in. We got in contact with this church that had a space for us to rehearse. At first we were just doing rehearsals in our founders. He runs a, a, a drama school. So we were rehearsing out of there, but within like six months, we outgrew that space completely. We went to about like 30, 40 people. So we were like, okay, this small room isn't big enough anymore. Every step of the way, we had people that were supporting us that were kind of really helpful and finding us everything that we needed. It just kind of took off after that. How was it like navigating different people and, and their sort of readiness to be on stage? Stage fright is one thing. Being part of a gay choir is even scarier. What if someone sees me here? You know, how do I deal with that? We're definitely keeping aware of that spectrum of fear with the stage and then, but also like wanting to try something and, and step out of the comfort zone. And they're trying to move towards that because this is why they're joining. They want to say, and they're aware they will go on stage to perform. I think a couple of years ago, the previous team had come up with the idea of if they are not ready for public images of them to circulate, they can wear a really pretty like masquerade mask and then they can still feel confident and like perform yeah and be however they want to express but there's that little mystery element <laughs> on their eyes so we provided a type of membership which is you're definitely sure you're committed to performance then here is what is for you you when performance calls you're ready to be there and then the other type of membership is you're kind of not sure you're kind of leaning towards wanting to engage with the community and connect and you're not necessarily sure how good you sound or how good you'll look or if you want to appear in media either so that's the other membership type we kind of call it community members and actually the 
community membership type also include people who want to support us with all their talents, but they don't necessarily want to sing or perform. They're just equally as proud and happy to support behind the scenes. One of our first female members was actually a straight woman. For a long time, she was the only woman in our choir. She was very supportive of the cause. She was very vocal about her, her support. And it kind of gave everybody a little bit more kind of safety. Like it's okay to be identified with the LGBT community. And, and since then, we've had straight men join the choir. We've had everybody under the LGBT spectrum. There's a big umbrella of people underneath it as well. Like if you're not ready to be public about your, your own sexuality or your own gender identity, there's shade under the tree to be safe while you figure out how you want to present yourself. Anyone, no matter what your music background is, whether you are an experienced musician, whether you have sung in choirs in high school or like uh, in university, or you have no experience at all, you just want to join and try it out. Like we have a place for you here. And uh, it's part of this uh, positive uh, music journey that we try to create where there's no bias, there's no judgment of your musical ability. And everyone in the choir is helpful of each other when you come to rehearsal. If you're feeling kind of lost, your friend beside you who may not know you at first will come and help you and sing along with you. So it's about this caring of nurturing growth uh, in the musical perspective that makes them slowly be more comfortable about who they are themselves as well. We have members in the first couple of concerts where they would wear their pretty masquerade mask. One point, uh, one of the concerts, he decided to take off his mask because he felt that that was finally the right time. He's around with people that he loves People that loves him are around him, singing with him and supporting him. And his friends his, his friends are here in the space. So he took his mask off. The most recent music project that we're sharing today, which is the Christmas project, we have a really new member joining just this season in September. He was very uh, enthusiastic to sing throughout and do all the recordings, but he wasn't sure if he wants to be on screen, on like in the video no, no worries, you're completely fine. Like you're featured in the music, you're singing, you're part of this whole thing again. Maybe if you want to wear a mask, you can, like a face mask totally works right now. So, <laughs> and then after a week or so, he's like, you know what? Why don't I just join the whole video? And uh, I'll, I'll have a lot of uh, my plushies and my like Christmas plushies beside me and I feel more comfortable and then I'll, I'll appear on screen. So, you know, with this little project in the three months time, we have also a member just coming out and being ready to be shown on public. So there's a lot of these little stories. It's all about the encouragement and making sure that they feel comfortable, that they can take their own time. And uh, we're here to support you no matter what your choices are at this stage and when you feel comfortable you're more than welcome to join us yeah wonderful what has been the response like from the general public but also from the lgbtqi community uh the lgbt community has definitely been very supportive of our performances but we've also kind of started reaching out to allies like a lot of our members invite people or organizations that are supportive of these causes and they come and see these performances more and more people are, are kind of judging us based on our, our music abilities more than more than who we are as, as like an, an lgbt group because in the first year people were like oh it's it's a new choir it's a gay choir we need to be supportive no matter what we sound like <laughs> and, and then after a while 
while it started to be okay it's it's now it's now your third concert we, we have demands now we're, we're coming to see a concert and it needs to be of a certain quality the really positive thing that has come out is that people are really judging us based on our music and and what kind of voice we have and what sort of voice we're, we're projecting Hong Kong's one of those places where there's not a lot of outward discrimination. The problems we face is problems that every single choir face. Rehearsal space, performance space, getting the right musicians in, getting the right balance of sound in the choir. We haven't felt any outward persecution based on our, our identity. Which is very fortunate for us. Yeah. I think I can only think of one aspect that we get a little more pinned down for our identity is uh, when we're applying for venues. I think there's select cases, very few cases where they straight out refuse without giving a reason or actually it's possibly because our identity is mm. uh, LGBTQ. So that's the only couple cases where it's been something like that. Yeah. yeah. Were you expecting more of that? And I guess for our listeners who are not familiar with the situation in Hong Kong, right? Like, so what is it like being an LGBTQ individual, queer individual in Hong Kong? Can you shed shed some light on that a little bit? It all kind of started out in the same place for Hong Kong and Singapore. We had the same colonial era laws that were left behind by by the same country. We've gone a little bit further than where uh, Singapore has. And we had some recent cases, court cases, that kind of gotten LGBTQ community a lot of rights. Benefits, uh, same-sex partners that get married elsewhere when they come to Hong Kong, they can get their dependent visas now, they can, for certain places, I think the court cases are still going, but for the moment it is possible. There's not a lot of outward expression of queerness that you can easily see around the city, but there's these little pockets like that street in Shangwan where three gay bars within two streets and then at nighttime it kind of becomes <laughs> a street full of gay men. Uh, but uh, I remember when I was moving into the building, I found out that there's two other gay couples in the building of like 20 units. The way the other neighbors were describing it was just like, oh, the two guys living up on that floor and the two girls living down there. Like It was quite obvious that they were couples that <laughs> and they've been living together as roommates for five, ten years now, but nobody seemed to (laughs) allude to the fact that they were a couple and nobody seemed to care either way anyways. They they just wanted to be a good neighbor and I'll pretend like I don't know. Hearing stuff like that makes me happy, especially when when you're so close by. It's nice to hear that, okay, things can get better and has gotten better for people uh, around the region as well. So at least we have a, a very realistic template to look up to, realistic goalposts as well. Yeah, we have our Facebook and Instagram uh, is the same tag. It's at the Harmonics HK. <clears throat> and then we have our YouTube channel, which is the harmonics choir hong kong yeah you can find our halloween music video on youtube and facebook and then we'll keep constantly updating upcoming little projects we have a teaser i think coming out soon for the next one so keep a lookout for those follow those yeah, so uh, we actually have our Christmas video launching next week. It's uh, a little bit of an effort from all of our members, bringing a little bit of Christmas cheer to everybody. It's a Sia song, so that's a good plus. People can see it on our uh, YouTube channel. Throughout this call, it's just very inspiring what you guys do. I was just telling Josh and Rachel that you remind me of like that Glee Club meets Masked Singer 
meets Dear Straight People, like which is a website where people talk about their coming out stories and everything. It's just very inspiring. We just need more of that, no matter where we are, Hong Kong, Singapore, around the world. So thank you for doing what you do. And it's, yeah, it's very inspiring, even for an SG boy like me. <laughs> thank you so much for um, hanging out with us today and, and for Rachel thank as well you. for organizing this. This is incredible. Yeah. Stay in touch. This, be safe. This will be, my, this, this will be my official coming out in Singapore. <laughs> thank you all for sharing your stories. The SG Boys, the new gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at The SG Boys. The beliefs, views, and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, organization, company, or individual.